Welcome back to Single Minded. I am your host, Hannah First. And I'm your co-host, Linda. Hey, Hannah, we missed you at Rob's 63rd birthday celebrations. You missed it by a a bit of a week. I've missed so many birthdays. So many. Over the years. So he wanted to go bowling. I'm really not sure why. So there were six of us and, of course, your sister Alice's husband, Sam, won as usual. He is such an elegant sportsman, be it skating (laughs) or bowling. He's just got these amazing moves. Yeah. Alice came second. Sam had said to me if she beat him, she'd be sleeping on the couch. (laughs) So I don't know if that put her off her game. I came third. That is so typical because I am Ms. Average, Mm -hmm. always sitting in the middle. And the birthday boy came last. (laughs) Oh, but did I see that three people got 69? Yes, we all went, oh, my goodness, we have to message yeah. Hannah. So, <laughs> you know, Rob's good at so many things, but he's pretty bad at ice skating, snorkeling, and yep. he's no good at yep. bowling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Weird he that he good. would, because he's quite competitive. Why so would he choose bowling knowing that he's no good? That would ruin his birthday. He was just getting more and more, <laughs> more and more despondent, but Towards the end, <laughs> he did get one strike, but it was a pretty funny night. Anyway, I was very happy with myself. Third. Well, <laughs> I'm in Bali, as everyone knows. Yes. I have some pretty, like, unfiltered thoughts on Bali. I don't want to complain, though. Like, I feel like I shouldn't complain about being away. And the whole the whole reason I came here was because, Mum, we'd spoken about if I spend the rest of the year splitting my time between Melbourne and Asia, I was like, oh, Bali's closer. But then it took, I was at immigration for two and a half hours. So like, that's the extra time you need to get to Thailand. Mm. Apparently you can pay to skip immigration. What happens at immigration? Like what's the wait for? So you have to pay for your visa on arrival, which is like 50 bucks. And then you have to line up to go through immigration. And there was just lot of people. I I don't know if it was thousands of people, but it was insane. And it was just like, oh, it was really sad. There was this really big family. I think they had six kids and they get to the front of the queue. They must have waited two hours in that queue. They get to the front of the queue and they realize that they haven't paid for their visas on arrival. So they were so sad. Anyway, it was total mayhem. Apparently, you can you can pay to skip the queue. I, I feel skipping the queue is a bit morally shady. But anyway, <laughs> and I got here and I felt I'm not like very sceney as such, yes. which it's very Bar and Bay vibes. And then we did a beach club yesterday and I just, we waited two hours. I mean, I don't know whether you could have paid to skip the queue to the beach club, but we didn't. So we waited two <laughs> hours to get down to the beach on a waiting list. Was that on something I saw on Instagram? You went down on something? Yeah, you went down on like a cable car thing. And That's so you fun. get to the bottom and then we had to wait another hour 
well, we'd been waiting two hours to get down. Mm. Then we had to wait another hour to get a beach lounge. And by the time we got on the beach lounges, we had about 30 minutes of sun. And then the sun went behind the cliff (laughs) and we had to pay $45. I was reflecting back on this Crystal Bay in Thailand where you literally just turn up to the most beautiful beach, plonk your towel down and just lie there for free. I mean, that's how it should be. Is this because there's a lot more people or is it a bit disorganised after perhaps not having tourists? What do you put it down to? No, I feel that that's sort of like the beach club culture is quite popular in Bali. Yeah, yeah. As it is in Europe as well. So it is like a private beach area. So you're kind of paying to go down into this like private beach area. So I'm finding Bali to be very different to other parts of Southeast Asia. You'd like it because it's probably more a bit more like organized. Nooser. We did go to Bali. You were seven, and Ruby would have it was been a long two. time ago. Actually, we loved it, Nusa Dua, a bit close to Nusa. That's probably more family vibes. That was very family. Yes, so we loved it, but yeah. I, I don't know why. But we didn't go back again. I've got to say, the co-working space that I was working at, Tribal was beautiful and you didn't have to pay a day pass you just turned up you ordered like a beautiful falafel salad and a coffee and you could spend like hours there working so I do really like that co-working vibe that's here so I did say on my Instagram if your boss would let you and you could come here for a couple of weeks and just work remote I think this would be perfect a perfect place to do that because it's really set up to meet other digital nomads but for you It's a no. (laughs) It's a no. It's a no from me. You've been, you've seen, and you're going. (laughs) Anyway, we'll get into the episode now and Linda will be back at the end to see what you think. So I'm really excited to be joined today by Dee Salmon. She is the host of Triple J's The Hookup, which is like a dating sex podcast that Triple J does. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> we were just saying that I was like, oh, are you single? Because I had heard you on another podcast and you were talking about being single. I'm like, are you still single? And you said, I've been single for seven years. And you said it with so much pride that I was like, oh, my God, we have to talk about this. Because I was single for like, as in like no serious, serious relationship. Like I went to overseas and moved in with someone for a month. Like there were things, like I had little things. Yeah. But there was nothing like a serious boyfriend for not, yeah, about nine years. And I'm currently in a long distance thing. But um, I was always really kind of, I didn't want to admit how long I'd been single for. But you said you wear it as a badge of honor. Tell me about that. Oh, yeah, I'm obsessed with it. I just think like it is so hard and you've probably spoken about this so much on the podcast, but it's so hard as a woman in your late 20s or just even in your 20s in general to be single when there's so much pressure put on you by society mm. to like I had so much unlearning to do because I was constantly searching for a boyfriend and I had so much unlearning to do that now I'm just so proud of the fact that I have gotten to the place that I've gotten to and I'm so confident and I'm so happy on my own that yeah I just I'm like yeah I'm single like do you know how hard that is to be single when all my friends around me are like in and out of relationships I've got friends that go from one relationship to the next relationship and it's Mm. like despite the fact that I am dating and I'm on apps and I'm meeting all these different guys 
I still refuse to quote unquote settle. When I have moments mm. where I'm like, oh yeah, maybe like this could turn into something, but I'm like, nah, it's not my person. So it's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna force it. And also career wise, I don't think I would have gotten to where I've gotten to if I hadn't been single the whole time. Mm. Like you do on this podcast, like I just think it's something that everyone should talk about so much more and celebrate. I think it's cool to be single. I get DMs from girls that's like, it's like they've failed. If they've been single long term, it's like they've really failed. That's the kinds of messages I get. And I just love hearing from someone that's like, no, this is what I want to do and this is where I'm at in my life. I've honestly not heard that before. Most people are like, and I was like that as well for a little while and then it all shifted where I was like, fuck this. Mm. I just want to live my life. Like it hasn't happened and that's okay. Do you want a relationship eventually? I think eventually for sure. Like if I meet that person. But for me, I think I used to when I was like early 20s in my teens, I used to shrink myself so much to fit into Mm. the like gaze and make myself smaller to be like more palatable and accepted by like the guys around me. And I'm from Perth and it's kind of like a small country town city type vibe. So Mm. I feel like a lot more I can be myself in Melbourne. But yeah, I just... I didn't want to be in a relationship if that meant having to minimize myself and and shrink those sides of myself Mm. that like made me who I was. And I think the only time that I'll ever enter into a relationship is if I'm with someone and they just see that side of me and they see all aspects of me and accept me completely fully and want to know more and more about me. Do you know what I mean? It's like- Speaking my, oh my God. So I basically was like, I'd been on so many dates and I was always trying to like hide parts of myself and be someone that I thought, as you said, more palatable to someone. And I think at the end of last year, I just had a breakdown and I was like, I can't keep being someone else. And I can't keep trying to be someone else to be more like marriage material or for someone to, I was like, I'm done with this. I just was absolutely done. And it was weird because then I was like, anyone I meet from here on out, I just want to be unapologetically myself. I don't want to have any secrets. I want them to see the messy parts. And that was weird because literally I met someone like straight away and I literally was myself. It was such a game changer because I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not pretending to be someone I'm not. That always happens though. When you just allow yourself to be who you are. And how did it feel for you then to be seen exactly as you are by someone else and fully loved and accepted? Honestly, I at one point was definitely, I was at a certain age and like feeling the pressure from everyone else. And I was like, fuck it. Maybe I should just settle. And I was dating this guy and we went to the movies and I just was like, what am I doing? I don't even like this person. I'm not into him at all. And I think that's when I had this breakdown where I was like, he's not out there, just accept it. I just had a very physical, I actually wanted to walk out of the movies. I texted my mum and said, can I just say I have a migraine and walk out mid-movie? Because I was done. That was the moment that I was done dating people that I wasn't that into. (laughs) You honestly hit your limit. You were like, nah, I've had enough. I feel that so much. I feel that so much with dating apps. And you're like, I can't ask another person what their fucking favorite color is. Like, I just can't. Do you know what I mean? It's like, these are the conversations I want to be having. (laughs) 
So with dating apps, I did want to ask you, what's your experience been on dating apps? Like what's the good parts about it and what's the like shitty parts about it? Okay. So I've been on and off. I'm that person that downloads them when I'm in the mood, Mm -hmm. (laughs) has a moment, messages people, meets up with people, dates for a while. Maybe it's a couple of months and then I just delete them. And then I repeat that cycle like continuously. Mm -hmm. So look, when I moved to Melbourne, it was really good because it was a tool for me to meet new people, which I really liked. But I have just recently deleted them again after being on it for like a year, maybe two years. And I just have, I reckon, full-blown chronic fatigue with dating apps, like dating app fatigue, exhaustion. I just was, I was dating quite a bit over the summer up until I deleted it. And I just found that like the interactions I had with guys, they would be really keen and give off the impression that, and like, I'm not even looking for a relationship, but they would give off the impression that they were looking for something a little bit more than just like casual one night stands or whatever. I'd go on a few dates and then I'd either get like ghosted or it would just fizzle out or it would always just kind of end at the three date mark or the two date mark. Mm. And it Mm -hmm. it was happening constantly. (laughs) Yeah, it was happening constantly. And I was just like, this is like not only chipping away at my self-esteem, but also just like wasting my time. And it's like, I'm not looking for anything boyfriend type vibe, but it's just like, at least just want to get to know the person you're with. Like there was one guy I was dating and I don't even think he knew what I did for a job. I've been on three dates with him and he I don't- didn't- He didn't know oh. what I did. <gasps> oh, that's so typical. Three <laughs> dates in. I had known his whole life story. I like knew his whole life. I knew what he wow. did for work. I was asking him so many questions about his job because it was actually kind of interesting. And third date in, I told him what I did and he goes, oh, I didn't even know that you did that. <laughs> I don't wow. even think he asked. I just was like, do you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to tell you because it's like a pretty cool job and you haven't asked. I just find that the apps, it's like we've overloaded everyone with so much choice. No one, myself included, like when I was doing it, no one can be like fucked. There's too much. There's too much choice. And they've done experiments on this, not in dating, but like there's a thing called the jam experiment where you give people too many different jams and they can't decide. So it's the same. There's too many people and you're just like, I always get overwhelmed and check out. Totally. And that's the thing is it's taken me a while to get to a place now where I can understand the kind of behavior that I get from people on dating apps because I'm also giving it back. And I had to do a bit of Mm self-reflecting and be like, stop blaming these guys. Like I was always coming for them. Yeah. But then I was like, no, I'm, I'm also participating in this culture. Like I kind of go through Mm. moments where I'll be in the mood to message and like potentially meet up with people. And then all of a sudden it's two days later and I've got my peer and I'm like, nah, (laughs) like, and then just never reply to someone again. So yeah, you're so right. It's a choice thing. There's just too much. And also the grass is always greener. I feel like Mm -hmm. it probably works both ways, but you're swiping and you match with someone, you're excited about them in the moment. And then someone else messages you and you're like even more excited about them. Mm -hmm. I would love, and Obviously, for work, I've, like, reached out to Hinge and Bumble and Tinder a lot for um, stories that we've done. But I just think there needs to be more transparency around how the algorithm works. And I would not be surprised if we end up seeing one of those documentaries like there has been, like the the social mm, experiment and stuff yeah. to do with dating apps yeah. because I just – there's something going on there that we, like, there needs to be a bit more transparency around what's happening. Do you ever meet anyone in real life? 
I do. Are you, are you into that? I am into that. And this is something that I've been wanting to do more. And I feel like kind of like you with just letting everything go and meeting someone, I deleted the apps and then I started actually just having really nice interactions and meetings with people in real life. And it, as soon as I deleted yeah. them, I started to notice it. Like I met a guy. It frees up that space. Totally. I met a guy and I went on a date with him. I met him at the airport. <laughs> oh, love uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really nice. How did you guys start talking at the airport? So I was with my mom and we were just sitting down and she asked a question and he answered the question for her. She, I think she has some, asked a question about the COVID safe app or whatever. And he was like, oh, it it's this. And then we started chatting yeah. and we had like a mutual friend and then yeah, we just spoke the whole time and then um, we shared an Uber back from the airport because we were both flying to oh. Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, he just followed me on Instagram and then we started messaging and went on a date and nothing ever came from it really, but it was just nice to know that that still can happen. So mm. that's where I, where you've got me now. Like I'm in the mind frame and this is why I love what you're doing, the speed dating stuff. It's like I just I want to start trying to meet people in real life. Yeah. For me, the speed dating was less about like you don't know who's going to be there. So there's yeah. like 20 guys, 20 girls, and you don't really know who's going to be there. So you might not meet the right person, but I just want people to practice, like practice turning up and actually having to talk to like multiple people. I feel like we've lost. Yeah, I feel like when I went to Thailand and I met that guy, it was like I I hadn't had apps for a while and I just was in the frame of mind of like, I want to just connect with someone, not romantically. I just want to like connect. I want to be myself and I don't want to like have to act or anything. And that was just the frame of mind that I was in. And also with him, I didn't know if he liked me back. So there was all of the, I was, I couldn't eat. I felt sick. And it was because <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I like him so much. And he wasn't really giving me a lot. And I remember I had to say to him, like, is this something going on here? I had to actually communicate. I couldn't just wait for someone to text me back on an app and hope that, you know. Yeah, definitely. I definitely think that we've lost a lot of those skills. And that's why mm -hmm. for me with the airport thing, I was like, oh, yeah, like I kind of still got it, I think. But a lot of like our listeners with the show have messaged us and spoken to us about the anxiety that they feel going on dates through using dating mm. apps because there is a lot of momentum and that's why I always had this rule where I wouldn't message someone too much. I think I would message them one or two days because I didn't want there to be like weeks and weeks of messaging and getting to know someone and then you kind of knew everything about the person before you went on the date. So I think mm. that builds anxiety. So, yeah, I think a lot of people are really feeling that, like that, that anxiousness around messaging someone. You have no idea who they are and then having yeah. to go on a date and meet them whereas like there's so much you can gauge in just like eye contact and stuff whether or not someone's like vibing you or what's going on there my mum always says we have to get up like at the coffee shop you have to stop looking at your phone and you have to like have a look around if someone's cute you like give them a bit of eye contact she's like you guys are all in your phones this is why no one's meeting anyone I love your mum Linda <laughs> no she's so she's so right she's so right though yeah. it's so true I want to get into this article that you wrote because I thought it was so interesting so it was basically about women on dating apps like successful catches 
on dating apps and they're not like they're getting zero matches right yeah so tell me about this girl that reached out to you okay so if you don't really know much about the hookup like hannah said it's a it's a relationship sex dating love show it's for like young people and we basically like if you have a question or something's going on in your life like you can ask us and we'll get like experts and we'll chat about it on the show and we had a listener called caroline reach out to us and she basically was like hey I need some help with dating apps. I'm I'm really confused. I am an aerospace engineer. I'm doing my PhD and I put that on my profile. And when I did, I wasn't getting a single match. Like she was like, I got zero matches. So she was like, maybe it's my job. So she took her job off and I think she changed it to barista. And then she was like, so many matches kept coming through. Like so many matches. And so she was just like, can you please look into this for me, find out if anyone else is experiencing, like maybe it's just my like one-off thing. So we posted it on our Instagram and yeah, it was just like, hey, hetero women, are you, have you experienced something like this? This is what Caroline has said. And yeah, we just got like, I did not expect to be writing that story. I did not expect to be doing this story. I thought maybe Caroline was a one-off, but we had so Mm. many women get in touch with us who basically said, that they had done the exact same thing and it was mainly that they changed they took off yeah they're like high power job yep yep they took it off and then noticed a huge increase in matches and it was mainly like lawyers engineers doctors anyone who was a business owner the stories were coming through like we had so many lawyers one of them in particular was like when i had it on my profile guys would match with me and just ask for free legal advice And we had actually like screenshots of conversations that some listeners would send through to us that guys had actually told them that they came across as to like a certain way. There was one listener who basically matched with a guy and he was like, oh, I'm really into you, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, cool. Like, so when are we going on a date? And he was like, hey, like, I just want to be honest with you, but you just seem like the kind of girl that... I can't really afford or something along those lines. And she was like, she was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, I make my own money (laughs) and I travel, but I can like afford to pay for my own way. Like I don't like it. Pay my own way. Yeah. And so Mm. we also opened up the conversation to guys. Like we, we have a really honest and trusting audience, which is awesome. So we were basically like, have you seen someone like Caroline on the apps before? And if you weren't going to swipe, why not? And yet they were pretty honest and open with us and they were basically like, it's a mixed response. A lot of people were saying that Caroline would come across as like a fake bot, (laughs) not real, (laughs) like a catfish. We had a lot of guys saying that they would feel emasculated, that they Mm. wouldn't be able to provide for Caroline and they thought that she just would not be interested in them at all. And, yeah, we just had a lot of guys basically saying that she would just seem really busy and that they just wouldn't feel needed, like she would just be working hectic hours. And, yeah, so it was really it was really interesting. And the more that we kind of spoke about it and did the podcast and everything, we got more and more responses from people adding to the, to the conversation. What I got out of that was that it sounded like it had more to do with the other person's self-esteem than it did about, Caroline, it's really a reflection on how they feel about themselves and maybe because this is the thing on dating apps, like I would take everything as there's something wrong with me, whereas you never really look at like 
oh, how's the other person feeling? Is there a reason that that they're flaking on me? Because the flaking would really get to me. Do you think it has more to do with the self-esteem of the other person? I would say so, for sure. And we had guys actually say that to us. I think that they just felt like, why would Caroline want to be with someone like me? What can I offer to Caroline? Mm. Maybe a bit of intimidation. I mean, you see the words aerospace engineer, PhD, and her profile, like she showed me it, she just looked like she had such a fun, fulfilling, incredible life. Mm. She was always out at drinks with friends and liked, you know, expensive handbags, and which is like incredible love, like good for her. Yeah. But yeah, I can I can understand why some people might see that profile and be like, oh, she would never match with me. I'm not going to be able to add anything. So maybe for everyone listening, if you're not getting any matches, it might be because you're too good. (laughs) You're too good for anyone. No, but seriously (laughs) though, like the thing that frustrated me the most was the fact that Caroline felt so shit about herself. And yeah, when I thought it was something about it was her. something about her. And like you said, you always reflect it back on yourself. Like, what am I doing wrong? And she honestly, like her self-esteem was quite low. And she was just like, I just don't understand what's going on here. I just would love to just be able to like date someone. And that was the hardest thing. I think I was just staring at her on Zoom, like doing this interview. And I was like, you were so beautiful. Like she was yeah. just so beautiful, and so smart. smart and cool and like liked yeah. fashion. And it broke my heart because it's so upsetting to hear that you feel that way about yourself based off of dating apps and not getting that like quote unquote validation from other people. That's the thing with dating apps, I guess, is because like, you don't get an opportunity on face value to really know the true person underneath. Like it's so surface level. What do you think about that? Like, is there anything that people do? Do you think there are like do's and don'ts with dating apps? Like, cause I always think for me, I remember I had a, my mom read through my profile and she's like, I'm not getting a sense of who you are from this. I don't understand anything about you. So she helped me edit it all so that it really showed off my personality. And it's really hard to do it. It's super hard to get your personality across. It's so hard. And it's interesting you bring that up because what happened was when I did this story, I spoke to Lisa Porterlin and she, you know, she's an author. She is like researching dating and love and she's doing a PhD. She did an article and research on quote unquote high maintenance women on dating apps and how- certain women are coming across as high maintenance based on what photos they're using. And I think what's happening here is a lot of us, especially women, because a lot of the guys I speak to, this is a whole other conversation, but they'll have really shitty photos. And it's because it's not normal for guys to ask their other guy friends to take photos of them. So Mm. that's like a whole other conversation about why you only see like some guys holding up fish because it's the only time, it's the only time that they've ever had a bloody photo taken. So Mm. the thing is that we have such an option of photos and we always put up, well, especially me, my absolute best ones where I'm wearing so much makeup. I'm like all dressed up. Yeah. I'm in my full glam. I'm in my fits because I'm like, that's when I look, when I think I look the best. So my whole profile has like all of these really beautiful done up photos of me, but it's like you said, it doesn't reflect me at all. And Lisa, who did this research basically said that a lot of women were showing their profiles to guys and they'll be like, you're just coming across as like quote unquote, like high maintenance 
to be fair, like I'm really guilty of having that judgment. So like whenever I see guys that post, and you've just said this, that like they only have photos in certain contexts. So if I saw a guy always out drinking beer, always out partying, I instantly was no, because I just, I'm not interested in like someone that's constantly out, but possibly that's the only time he got photos taken was like when he was out with friends. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I'm the exact same as you. Like like their whole, all their photos are just like them like partying with DJs and stuff. To me, it was just like, absolutely not. Like I know exactly who you Any are. Any partying with DJ photos, no. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, every time I would say there was so many, there's so many in Melbourne as well. It's like, yeah, that's a whole other conversation about the different types of profiles you see in Sydney compared to Melbourne. What is the difference between Sydney and Melbourne since you've been in it? Oh, so, okay, so Sydney Sydney guys, like, this is me full stereotyping, but this is just on average the profile that I see. They're like the real business gym kind of bro who's like really oh. done up, spends a lot of time in Bondi, really slick, like probably could audition for The Bachelor and get the role. Whereas okay. Melbourne is like they're a DJ and they're wearing brands that are so expensive but makes them literally look homeless. Yes, I know the look. You can tell that they do bags every weekend. <laughs> they're covered in tattoos. <laughs> They've got a mullet that they paid $600 for, but it looks like a friend just chopped at it. Like that's, that is Melbourne. <laughs> I found it really hard, I think, because I changed my profile to include, like I had all glam shots originally and then I changed it up. So I, might, I had one glam shot and then I had like hiking and I had all this other stuff, like a work pick. But I found it really hard to find someone that was into that I don't know I found like did you not get more matches after you changed it I got better matches for sure yeah like I was getting completely different types of guys so when I was doing all glam shots I was getting a certain type of guy and mostly not looking for relationship in my experience (laughs) but I was getting like a completely different type of guy maybe a little bit more down to earth. I don't yeah. know if that's yeah. bad. Yeah. But I was finding they were like much more open and they were like a bit more down to earth and like really good communicators. I'm not glam 90% of the time. You'll see me dressed up once a month. Yeah. So it didn't make sense to like, I was doing all glam shots because I was the same as you. I was like, this is when I look the best. I need to put my best foot forward. Yeah. I wasn't getting the matches that I wanted out of that. A hundred percent. I did the exact same as same thing as you and ended up changing up mine. And I had all those like all my prompts were just really stupid answers. Like it was like looking for a boy mm, to bring me hot trying chips. Trying to be funny. Trying to be funny. Yeah. And then for the first time in my life, I changed them to more serious answers. And like you, I did mm-hmm. start to notice I got a different type of guy. And I think I changed one of them to like a green flag, like emotional intelligence. Oh, one of mine was, um, I can't remember what the prompt was, but it said, open and honest combos are hot with a fire emoji. And if guys commented on that, I knew that they weren't afraid to like communicate openly. Yes, <laughs> that's what I was looking for too. <laughs> Anyone listening, you can use that. It really does work because people that are like really closed off and don't want to like get vulnerable won't match with you if they see that. Exactly. And that's what I learned. And I was the same as you. Like I started getting guys who would comment on the emotional intelligence prompt or like it. And I just kind of knew that I was like, you get it. Like you get it. Yeah. Or you're either being a pick me, but either way, 
I'd rather you like at least acknowledge that this is something that's valuable, you know? (laughs) I don't know if you've experienced this, but I'd love to hear what you think. So when you're dating someone new and they find out you host a sex and relationship podcast, what kind of reactions do you get? A lot of them kind of take it as a bit of a challenge, but I think that's the type of guy that, yeah, a lot of them are like, oh, I can't wait to end up on the show or like, oh, is this going to end up on the show? And I think I've had a few guys that I've dated who just want to end up on the show, which is fucking weird. A lot of what I do as well will probably just be like talking about you in a bad way, like just talking about something that you've done that's a red flag or whatever and using it for content. So I don't know why they seem to want to end up on the show somehow. It's interesting. I don't know. What have you found? Yeah, I similar experiences. I think it it was either like a real turn off or it was like a turn on. There's never like someone that just doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In between. So final question I wanted to ask you, what are your dating predictions for the future? Ooh, as in like how society. Yeah. What do you think the future of like I'm seeing just such a backlash I guess from online Mm. dating do you think things will evolve what do you think the next evolution of dating is I think there's going to be so much nuance and choice between what dating and relationships look like I think that I've noticed ethical non-monogamy has become such a huge thing yeah I did a story recently about platonic life partners oh platonic life (gasps) partners That's probably what I would have done if I hadn't met someone, (laughs) someone to go to the movies with. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's like pretty much what I'm in, a platonic life partnership. Like my best friend Brendan is gay and we live together and we own a cat together and yeah, we do like all the normal kind of couple things together and more and more people are choosing to do life with their best friends. So I predict that there'll be a lot more of that, especially for women because I feel like women are just – progressing and are just so incredible and like yeah are just on a level that as I've realized with the story I just recently did that some guys just aren't meeting them at yeah a lot of my friends are also opening up their apps to girls and experimenting with women so I just think there's going to be so many different ideas of what dating relationships look like but I also think that people are going to get off the apps and there will be a bit of a backlash against it. Like I get so many messages from listeners of them asking like how to meet people in real life and yeah. I think we'll probably get to a stage with not even just apps with online stuff in general where everyone will just be like, I just need to take a break and take a step back. Reintegrate into like IRL interactions. Totally. For me it was like putting less pressure. If you see a cute guy not putting any pressure on the conversation. It can just be like a conversation, like what happened to you at the airport. Totally. And also just <sighs> normalizing relationships not lasting forever. Like, Oh, thank you. Yeah. Like yeah, 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 normalizing sure. them lasting like either a week, a couple of weeks, a month, like however long. I think this idea that you failed if a relationship doesn't progress longer than however long you've been in it, like – yeah embrace that you had that moment and you had whatever it was with that person if it was short-lived great you know I just think that a lot of people still caught up and it's interesting to feel that way since it is like 2022 but Mm. I think a lot of people still put pressure on themselves that if their relationship of six years or however long ends that they've failed in some way and I just think that 
it's not realistic. So I think the future will probably have like a lot of just different types of relationships. And and everyone will hopefully have a box at there because I don't think I fit into the like white picket fence box. So I think it's like going to be hopefully people will feel more comfortable following like exactly what they want. Anyway, thank you so much, Dee. This was like so lovely to chat to you. And I'll put the links to the podcast in the episode notes for anyone that wants to go and listen to more. Well, thank you so much. I had so much fun. It was awesome to chat to you. (laughs) So, Linda, what did you think? Uh, Yes, quite a lot there. And actually at the end, Dee mentioned the notion of platonic life partners. And I thought, well, that probably describes a lot of Mm. seniors' marriages. (laughs) What? (laughs) You can't say that. (laughs) I can. Platonic. Not mine. Some. Not yours. Some. Definitely not mine. You said a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And I agree that we need to normalise that relationships sometimes don't last forever. And if they don't, it's not a failure. Because I always remember a friend's wife left him after 10 years. And eventually after he got over it, which took almost a year, he then remarried. And he said, maybe I'm only good for 10 years then it's time for a change. So there shouldn't really be a thought that anything failed. It was just time for that couple to move on, even if it's painful. Mm-hmm. Now, after you talk today, I listened to the hookups app, why you might not be getting matches. And mm-hmm. I think the final takeaway was own who you are. And I was thinking about some careers that you might put on your dating app that are a little bit off-putting but it also if you dug deeper might mean that that person has all the right qualities to actually make a good match so I thought what about an accountant now that might seem a bit boring a number cruncher but on the flip side it might also mean that they are honest hopefully and reliable (laughs) okay so What about a telephone customer service representative? They absolutely have to have emotional intelligence, be humble and patient and be a good listener. A waste collector might not appeal to you, but they need to be methodical. We know that appeals to you. I know. I need a waste collector, especially the one that takes the recycling. But they have to be methodical. They have to have stamina and good physical strength. A telemarketer's Mm -hmm. shift would consist of dialing numbers and being hung up on or rejected all day. So flip that to read persistent and patient. Uh, What about a parking Mm -hmm. enforcement officer? No, that's a no. No. (laughs) I don't know if anyone would even put that on their profile and you probably wouldn't get any matches. (laughs) But you could say that you had a challenging job outdoors that kept you fit that you had to be polite, firm, professional and have good conflict resolution skills. Interesting. Oh, my God, you've got more. (laughs) (laughs) How many of these are we doing? It's a couple. Keep going. A pharmacist. Sometimes I look at them and I think, oh, you're filling a prescription and completing paperwork, making sure that you're following all the rules. But they are also very empathetic and very responsible. 
And then I thought if a guy said entrepreneur, I would probably read that as unemployed. Is there many entrepreneurs on the dating? An entrepreneur. Oh, there's so many. There's so many. The girl that I'm with (laughs) is on Bumble over in Bali and I swear every guy's an entrepreneur. Mm. (laughs) And then there's a dating coach called Trish McDermott online and she advised keep your work details like your job title or I don't know if anyone puts the name of the company they work for, but keep that off your dating app profile. So you should just yeah. refer to your type of work like, oh, I work in advertising or at a non-profit. Industry don't, specific. Yeah, don't get very specific. She says you should save those details for when you actually go on a date once you've passed the initial screening process. So I thought that was all very interesting. Well, I had said when I did the speed dating, I said, try not to talk about work because there's so much more to you than your job. And I think we get so hung up on people's, what do people do for work that I actually don't think it matters at all. I don't think what someone Mm, does for work is nearly as meaningful as there's so many other things that you should be looking for before you write someone off over their job. Like that's, I can't understand. So anyway. I just fell off the chair. What have you done? <laughs> I fell off my chair. Linda's just fallen off the chair. Oh what is wrong with you? Okay, so what's happened is I've had to move my microphone because Ruby says I buzzed in my computer and I just fell off the <laughs> wacky chair. Well, you're back, but we're wrapping up now. All right, everyone, we will be back in two weeks. If you made it this far, I'm hoping that you enjoyed the podcast. If you could subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be much appreciated. It really helps other people find the podcast. Not that I'm desperate or anything. 